<laughs> what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Spectator Sports Podcast. It is episode 199. We're one away from 200 as old Gangnam Style Man over here is hitting that, John, very hard. Ken, welcome in. Welcome to 199, brother. I was actually riding a horse, but I, I understand the confusion. <laughs> uh, Julian, how you doing today, man? <laughs> Dude, it's, it's a nice Tuesday, and uh, we do have the trade deadline for the NFL happening later in about 45 minutes or so. So by the time this is done and you guys are listening, it'll be done. We might not have every detail out there, but we'll have most of it. Uh, I'd assume or most of the important stuff. And I don't know. We got a lot of sports right now. The NBA's back. Hockey's back. And uh, do want to put out a little RIP to uh, that incident that happened on hockey before we get into everything. That was super tragic. That was like really, really sad on the ice and everything. That was terrible. So RP thoughts and prayers and everything for the family, friends, all that brutal. Yeah, that, um, yeah. Rest in peace to that man. That looks like a very unnatural hockey move, but I don't know anything about hockey, so I won't even, won't even yeah, say much. That's more than... not in our realm at all. Not, that's, not that's, at all. <laughs> that's that's not even remotely in the realm. But still, just su- super sad, and just wanted to uh, mention that before we got into the nitty gritty of everything. Uh, so we do have the World Series going on, and the NBA just started. So we're gonna start with some NBA news that we got last night. Woj comes in at two in the morning. With a woes bomb. I didn't know he was awake that late, but I'm sure he heard grumblings of this being official. And that's why he was moving a grooving so late. James Harden on his like fourth request for a trade in three years. He had to pull out the fat suit for this one. Gets traded from the Philadelphia 76ers to his hometown in LA with the Clippers. He's joining up with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, a star-studded team that five years ago I might have crapped my pants seeing together on a roster. It is not five years ago anymore, unfortunately. Um, It's an interesting trade, and I want to get your initial thoughts on it, and then I'll kind of give mine as well. My initial thoughts are that... The Clippers may have just gotten a lot worse. And reason being, you see all these role players they just traded away, like pretty much every single one of them. Um, And then you're adding on another guy who only plays basketball on his terms when you already have Kawhi Leonard, who only plays basketball on his terms. So how is this team ever going to develop chemistry when you have, say, 78, 79 games left in this season, which, of course, that's pretty much a whole season. But if one of your guys is only going to play 50 and another one of your guys is only going to play 50, where's the chemistry ever going to come from? That's my first thought. Yeah, it's that that's a super valid like reasoning. I mean, Harden, again, like he's been on teams with so many superstars at this point. And the only one that's really worked is when they were in Houston with Chris Paul. And then like they had that, you know, 27 missed threes at a game and oh. they happen to lose and choke to the Warriors. And that team probably should have won. That team was really good. And, and Harden was obviously the best version of himself. But since then he goes to the nets, the circumstances were out of his hands a little bit in Brooklyn. So it's hard to kind of call him a diva, but like he did force his way out of there after forcing his way to there again, putting out a fat suit, just not showing up for the Rockets, demanding these trades. And when you keep demanding and demanding and demanding, and then you go to this new place, and every place you get a tick worse and a tick worse and a tick worse. What 
kind of James Harden are we going to see? It's not like he's the primary scorer in this situation. So what is he, a 3 and D guy? No, he's not super efficient anymore. He's definitely not a good defender. I mean, they kind of need a point guard. He's probably a better guard than Russell Westbrook at this point. So sure. Maybe they don't need him scoring. It's not like the pieces they gave up is a lot either. Like Nicholas Batum is not good at basketball anymore, and he's making an incredible amount of money. I don't know if you heard the uh, the rap lyric on the freestyle where it was like uh, fourth quarter. Why the hell's Batum in it? Like I, that's how that's a, it's no. a ridiculous freestyle. It, having a Nick Batum name drop is just unreal. Um, but like, it's not like they gave up anything outside of Covington. I don't even know if he's that good, honestly. I mean, for some reason, the Clippers just, they hate Morris. Even though on it's any team team's... Morris is on, he's going to hes gonna add that. He's impactful. Right, he's going to add that hustle. He's going to probably hit a couple of random threes out of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he's always been a solid defender as well. Ooh, voice crack, that's awesome. <clears throat> um, Wake up! The funniest thing, <laughs> and well, I wouldn't say necessarily funny, I mean... I don't know what the Clippers' future game plan is um, because Harden, free agent after this year. Paul George, Mm -hmm. free agent after this year. Kawhi Mm -hmm. Leonard, free agent after this year. And um, they don't have a first-round draft pick until I am no longer in my 20s. And I am 23, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, And the crazy part about that, too, is like this could very easily fold on its head. They could win 43 games this year, which I don't think they will. I think they'll be a little bit better than that if they're even remotely healthy. Um, but they could win 43 games this year. And excuse me as I replace my battery in my headset. But not do well. All those free agents go away. And now all of a sudden, this is the worst team in the league by like a mile. Because you have Russell Westbrook on, on contract. And then like second round G League guys everywhere. And you're cooked. Well, they also actually traded six second rounders over the past few years as well. So <laughs> just uh, so on top of not having many first round picks. Um, yeah. It's, uh, where do the Clippers find value in the draft? Well, they don't. Um, you know, but I, I appreciate it, though. They're, they're trying. Yeah, and I like the efforts. I really do. It's like if I were a fan of a team and there's not that many Clippers fans. So like, I don't know who they're trying to please here, but (laughs) they're trying. And out of that, I thank you. Also shout out to me and Nick Heinberg before this happened. uh, We pick three teams every year that we're allowed to root for. And my three teams this year were the Knicks, the Thunder and the Clippers. So my, my, my Clippers in theory got a little bit better, but do they really? I don't know. Not really. Who's to say? I don't know. <laughs> on, uh, on the other side here, I don't know if Tyrese Maxey is going to be this good all season, but the Sixers are clearly showing that they trust Tyrese Maxey and what he can be as a player, um, which I think is going to be a great move for them. He was a good defender. He's yeah. just getting better and better off uh, offensively every single year. I mean, he's averaging more 30. confident. Right. I'm way more confident. Averaging 30 through the first three games, he's not going to do that all season because, you no. know, Joel Embiid exists. But he's getting better at distributing the ball as well. There's so many things Tyreek Maxey is getting better at. And I think trading away James Harden, you know, the, the Sixers are looking at Tyrese Maxey and they're going, hey, you are really, really, really our guy. And some this confidence. is our way of showing you. Yeah. It's definitely some confidence. So with that, 
and you're you're kind of praising Maxi a little bit here. I think that's a good opportunity for us to go into some NBA preseason kind of predictions. I know it's three games into the year for most teams. It's still kind of preseason. We wanted to get this out last week, but we wanted to make sure that we were fully up to date. That's just throwing out every name that we've ever heard once, and it's just like the most uninformed thing ever. So we wanted to kind of get that out because uh, we were definitely in baseball, football mode. Uh, basketball season, at least for me, snuck up on me. I don't know about you. It, it snuck up on me this year, so. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Actually, if you guys if you guys really want to know, the reason that we didn't do preseason predictions is because I said, uh, hey, man, I, I'm i not caught up on my NBA, so let's do that next week. So uh, <laughs> well, next week, as in I said that last week. And you, yeah, you get it. You get it. Yeah, you get it. So what we'll do, you said Maxi, so that's, that's where I want to start um, because I think that may or may not be your answer here. Uh, we're going to go over, like, the awards. We're not going to go over Rookie of the Year. It should be Wemby. That's just gentleman's agreement. Handshake. Handshake. Uh, Wem- yes, yeah, Wemby's Wemby. going to win Rookie of the Year. He already looks like it. He already looks like a top 100 player in the league, probably closer to top 50. He's already really good. Cool. We get it. So, let's start with most improved. There's a lot of guys that already early on into the season have looked way better than they have in the past. You mentioned... Tyreek Maxey, uh, Desmond Bain is scoring at a crazy clip that he's never done before. Um, Tyrese Halliburton's like fully the guard over there in Indy. So who do you think is going to win most improved? Yeah, you already said it. Um, I'm a big fan of Tyrese Maxey. Uh, even if he doesn't average 30 points the whole year, which but you like won't. I said, obviously he will he's not. not. But look, last season, 20 points, three assists, a couple rebounds. Yeah, that's a very solid, you know, second or third even third piece if you're a really good team. Uh, for most teams, it's probably going to be your second piece. But now, the 76ers making him their guy. I could very well see him. I mean, he's already starting to do it, doubling a lot of these numbers. I mean, his assists right now are up over six. His rebounds are almost near seven. Again, is he going to really maintain some of these like rebounds? Is he really going to keep going for six, seven rebounds a game? Probably not, but... Tyrese Maxey somewhere in the mid 20s scoring around that six assist mark and more efficient, only turning the ball over about once a game. Yeah, he's uh, he's my pick for most improved player. Yeah, I think that's that's a great one, Um, especially coming into the year. I think maybe if you're like a big NBA guy, you probably expected Tyrese Maxey to be way better this year, obviously with Harden not being there. And then like some of the other guys that they've lost that take up some of the offense and clogging up the lanes kind of just makes sense in general. But I also don't think this guy's going to win either. But I wanted to give a shout out to Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas, in real time, is becoming what Kevin Love was in Minnesota. We are watching a guy on a team that kind of has aspirations, but not the means to do it, just put up incredible empty stat numbers. Cam Thomas is putting up 33 points a game right now. And I think as a starter, he's scoring 33.5 points a game in his career as a full-time starter. That is the most of all time. It's only like a 20-game stretch. But that is the most of all time for an NBA starter if that were his career. Um, Cam Thomas looks fun. He's exciting. I don't like him in the clutch. I don't like him creating his own shot when it matters. I don't like him creating his own shot in like true uh, playoff-style basketball. But he's fun right now. And he's making the Nets at least somewhat watchable. Uh, but I don't think he's going to win it because the team won't be good enough. My pick is going to be Tyrese Halliburton. So we're going to double down on the Tyrese's here. 
Halliburton right now, his numbers look pretty similar to what they were to end the season last year. However, his like efficiency as a player and like in his movements, like, you know, when somebody's like efficient in like the way that they move and sort of like able to sustain that throughout a game. Cause they're not just Russell Westbrooking bursting to the rim for 48 yes. minutes and, and taking like four years off your career in one season. Tyrese just looks so in control and fluid. And I love the way that he plays basketball. This guy as a guard might win defensive player of the year this year, which we're not going to talk about that. Cause that's a stupid stat. They only ever give the big guys, uh, but he could like, he's that good defensively. If he winds up scoring 22, 23 a game, this is one of the best guards in the league, especially two way guards. And I think he'll win uh, most improved if, they make the playoffs even as like a six seed. Yeah, shout out, shout out the the Kings for getting Demonis Sabonis out of him. So hey, they got better of, too. So yeah, yeah no, everyone got better here. You know, we got to see uh, Halliburton really shine and make the Pacers better. Really show who the world who he is. And you know, the Kings made the playoffs for the first time since I don't, six, seven. Since, I don't remember since they did since the dawn <laughs> since white chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> And, and yeah, it kind of worked out. Now De'Aaron's be able to play more of a point guard, so he's gotten better too. And I know you're a big De'Aaron guy, so oh, absolutely. Shout out. So, so it worked out for everybody. I just love Tyrese. I think he's awesome. And uh, when that trade happened, I didn't get the hype, and now I, I like, I get it. I understand. Uh, let's move over to MVP. I feel like this is actually easier to most improved, but at the same time, there's more guys. But like, I'm just the biggest Jokic fan on the planet. And if you look at the landscape right now, the Nuggets look as good as they were last season. He's doing 25, 26, 27 point triple doubles to start the year. And he doesn't look like it doesn't look like the three months of tending to the horses back home have affected his ability to play <laughs> basketball at all. And if he's not the favorite to win MVP, I don't really know who is. Um, and I'm not going to look at the Vegas odds. I'm just talking like, look at this guy play. Look how much better he makes his team. And they're the best team in basketball. Because of it. That's valid. That's how I feel. You know, I think that is a very, I'll, I'll call it a safe pick. That's definitely a safe pick. Unless, safe pick. unless. You know, we could start to see some voter fatigue. You never know. He's won the past two. Maybe maybe the voters are like, all right, we're tired of this guy. We don't want him to win three in a row. Well, you know? Embiid won it last year because of voter fatigue. So I feel like we got to get the, the reverse. This show goes to show you how in tune I the was reverse. with NBA last year. Never mind. Yeah. All right. Forget forget I spoke. You know, can we he won two out? in a row. We don't should have won it last year. Can we year. edit that out? <laughs> no, absolutely not. We will not be doing that. <laughs> oh, the Thank producer you, producer, speaks. man. Thank you, producer, man. Um, okay, my pick... It does depend on team success just a little bit. I'm not the Love biggest that. team success guy. Like I, I'm, mm -mm. I'm the type of person where, okay, if you're that good, you're that good. But of course, the voters care that you win more than 40 games. Um, with that being said, if this team can simply get 47 or 48 wins, my MVP pick is Luka Doncic. So no. you know you you pick yeah. you pick one of the the foreign dirks of the league, and I'm like, I'll just pick another foreign dirk. The other the guy, <laughs> yeah, the yeah, other guy, pick, the other one. I mean, starting off the year again, not sustainable numbers, but we have to talk about how insane they are. Through three games, 39 points, almost 10 assists, 
and 11.7 rebounds a game for Luka. Those are ridiculous numbers, and he's shooting almost 50% from three. Again, not sustainable, but no. if he is putting up nearly a 30-point triple-double and the Mavericks can win, like I said, closer to 50 games, yeah, that's why I like for MVP. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to see that they're undefeated so far. Um, congrats to the Mavs for that. They haven't lost yet. Again, it's only three games, but this is not a team that I like all that much on paper. Um, I think Kim and Kyrie are awesome offensively, and they're going to score. I think outside of them, when the bench is in, they're going to struggle to score, and I think they're going to struggle to defend 48 minutes a game, every single game. So I don't like them as a team, but you're right. I mean, they're already three wins closer to that 47 mark. If this is a <laughs> top five team in the West, which really just making the playoffs for them would be nice because they didn't make it last year. It was kind of intentional. They tanked for the, for the lottery, but Luca is looking like the best offensive player in basketball right now. And he didn't get any skinnier. So imagine if one day he does just come out like, 20 pounds lighter and it's just like fleet of foot that'd be crazy no no no. imagine if one day he's still sitting at 230 pounds but he looks more like lebron james oh yeah, well, that would be- <laughs> oh my god that'd be oh, crazy man. and it's kind of funny how like with, with Jokic, we kind of embrace the big dad body but luca we don't but like Jokic is a big center and luca's a guard or like a, a, a point forward or whatever you kind of consider luca i know he's a point guard he's like crazy tall and I don't know. Luke is awesome. I'm not mad at that at all. I just don't like this Mavericks team. So I don't like saying he's MVP because I think they stink. That's that's valid. And I think uh, I think Kyrie Irving is going to make this harder, not just because he will take away a little bit of Luka's numbers, but because, um, you know, Kyrie Irving has proven throughout his career that it's very hard to win with him unless you're LeBron James. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> I mean, like the Celtics had a good little run there with him for like one year. But after yeah. that, I kind of fumbled. Until so. they didn't. Until they didn't <laughs> win. Until they didn't win. And you're right. So, no, I, I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, both of those guys are crazy. Shout out to uh, shout out to our European lads running the league. Those two and Giannis just taking over. It's pretty crazy. And then uh, we'll hit our last NBA point here. But who do you have coming out of the East and the West? Coming out of the East and the West. Well, I will tell you. I <laughs> um oh did we want to do or did we want to do defensive player of the year? Nah, 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 nah. No, no, no. I mean if you got one, then say it, but I don't like that. I don't like that well, award. I think it's stupid. I, it it is kind of stupid. I'm an enjoyer of Anthony Davis. I think we can get a healthy season out of him. But sneaky, the only reason I want to mention defensive player of the year is because I know he's a rookie, but I would Almost bet money when Benyama finishes like top three, top four in voting for defensive player of the year. Not even remotely mad at that. Yeah, he's fantastic. Vibes. Vibes. Out of the East. Let's start with the East because I think there's, you know, I'm very confident about my East team, but I'm not very confident about the West. So I'm going to say my East and then I'll let you pivot over to your East team while I try to really figure out who I like for the West. Um, I like the Celtics, man. I think. Drew Holiday and Chris Stapps Porzingis are going to prove to be possibly the two biggest offseason additions, even with, you know, people like Damian Lillard being moved, even with James Harden being moved, even with these super, super, superstars being moved to new teams. You have a, you have role players, which, granted, Drew Holiday is a great role player. He's 
fringe all-star most seasons. Uh, and then we all know what Chris Stapps Porzingis is when he's healthy. And if they allow him to be himself a little bit and not just be catch and shoot, he can add a whole other dynamic to that offense whenever Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum are out of the game for you know a few minutes at a time. And then he's also great around the rim, shot blocking-wise. I think the Celtics got so much, so much better. Give me them out of the East. Yeah, I um, very unfortunately I'm going to have to agree with you, especially <laughs> after these first three games we've seen out of them. They like they played the Knicks, and it was kind of a tough game. I don't like that the Knicks shot super poorly and still almost won that game. First game of the season, though, it is what it is. Chris Stops put up like career numbers as a as a debut guy for the Celtics. I think it was like 35. They have the best defensive backcourt in the league with Derek White and and Drew Holiday. And I don't even think it's close. Like, I think it's them. There's a sizable gap. Then the next best team. Then probably another sizable gap in defensive backcourts. So if you're a guard-heavy team, they're going to struggle like the Knicks did in that game. Jason Tatum is probably the second or third best. Right, third, realistically. The third best player in the East. My big issue with this team is Jalen Brown. I just don't love, like, who he becomes when it's kind of needed out of him, when his best is required. I don't love Jalen Brown at all, especially going to the left. Like, he he has a very obvious flaw. But, I mean, this team is really, really good defensively. They're super well coached. They have role players that understand their role. And now they finally have a scorer in Kristaps who can take over a game when maybe Jalen's not in it or maybe Jason's not at his best. And they haven't had that really in a while since Kyrie. So. I, I think I like the Celtics too. I think they're the deepest team in the East. Um, and they have the lowest floor, which again, so it's kind of safe picks for us, but the NBA is pretty predictable more times than not. So this is true. So I do like the Celtics as well. Big Celtics guy over here. No, absolutely not. Not not actually a big Celtics. I'm a Knicks fan. Yeah. Same. But in we terms of in terms of yeah, who who I think, how I feel about things. Yeah, definitely, definitely big on the Celtics. Yeah, and, um, which this I know, is the first year I felt that way too. I don't know about you. I haven't liked I haven't liked them in the last couple of years. You know, I never like anyone out of the East. To be honest, like I like overall, I never like anyone out of the East. Not mad at um, you for that. And I know I'm not going to bring this up too deep because I know some point in the season we are going to talk about it. Obviously, you know the playoffs will be happening in around summertime, and that's when we'll really get into this conversation. I am just not a fan of Damian Lillard when it really, really matters. And we will talk more about that. I'm sure of it. That's why I I simply can't pick the Bucs. Yeah, I mean, I want to see how they mesh. It's going to take a while. Like, it's not like, that's not like a Drew Holiday where he just fits with any team. Dame is definitely an acquired. So I think they'll struggle a little bit in the early goings and maybe figure it out. If they're right and they're clicking like that offense maybe could, they're the best team in the East, maybe the best team in the league, but I don't know how it's going to work right away. So you're right. I feel you. Uh, I'll tell you my West team, since I don't know if you're ready for that or not. But a team coming out of the West is still going to be the Denver Nuggets. Like, it just is. Like, unless they get hurt again, we saw for the first time a, a healthy Nuggets with Jamal Murray and Jokic is essentially the most unstoppable duo in basketball offensively. Which is crazy because Jamal's not even close to a top 10 offensive player, but just the way they play with each other and the way they create spacing on the floor is something like we've never, ever seen in the league where Jokic can like create space 
as the biggest guy on the court and the slowest guy on the court. And then, oh yeah, Jamal is just also probably the best penetrator in terms of guards in the West. Relax. And then <laughs> relax. Hey, yo. <laughs> relax. And and I just really like them a lot. Again, I don't like the Mavericks to do anything too crazy. I don't trust the Kings at all. And I think Phoenix is going to give up 116 a game at some point. Which actually, the Kings are giving up 120 a game right now. So look out for that defense. We got really bad defenses out in the West right now. Yeah, the Kings are just simply there to run up and down the court and score the basketball, man. <laughs> and they, they, they the do it pretty well. Thing. It's the same thing they did last season. <laughs> and it didn't work out super great. <laughs> hey, they, they got the four seed. That's, you know. They, they, they won. They won. They, they took they the Warriors to seven. Yeah, you know? kind of. Like we Precisely. said, man, the, the Kings, you know, when you haven't made the playoffs since I was in, like, first grade. Um, once again, I'm 23, by the way. Um, you know, you take baby steps. <laughs> so we're just happy that they made the playoffs. I'm also, I'm a Kings enjoyer. Um, I, like, earlier, this is kind of off topic. You mentioned your three teams. Um, if I were to say I had three teams, Knicks fan, live in New York, of course. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to be my dogs, of course. Be careful with saying this. We will hold you to it the rest of the year. It's oh, record. Yeah. Oh, okay. dude, dude. I, these, okay. My top two teams every year are Knicks and Kings. I don't necessarily okay. know if I have a a third. Pick one um, right now. I'll we're rooting for it. Right it now? has to be kind of a lesser team. Uh, Can't be I like for? the Kings are a lesser team. No, because the they're they're a playoff. The team. Knicks are a lesser team. They're both playoff teams. Oh, Give me like another team around. You can't tell me the Nuggets right now. Another team. I got I vetoed just... on going Bucks. No. Yeah. Well, so you got vetoed here. Well, who am I meant to pick? That's not. See, you can root with the Thunder for me. It's kind of fun. The Thunder. That is kind of fun. It is like the, the Spurs would just be an obvious pick because it's like, oh, Wemby, yeah, whatever. No, I don't. I, you know what? I'm a Pistons enjoyer. Jalen Duran and um, yeah, yeah, and uh, Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham. He's healthy. Yeah. He looks good so far. Right. I'm a Pistons enjoyer. He looks there good. Go. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, producer BK on the spot, real quick. Give me your three Nets and who else? Um, I am gonna hop on that Spurs <laughs> bandwagon. I'm I'm usually not a, a Texas team guy, but I'm I'm a I'm a Wemby guy. I, I want Wemby to come out and just ball. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't ready for the third one. I, I ain't even gonna hold you. I'm I'm looking real quick, real quick. Um, give me Cleveland. Fun. Okay. That's yeah. that's, that's entertaining. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I was gonna say Thunder, but. Quick, quick pivot on the last second. Quick so. pivot. I'm quick sad pivot. you guys didn't pick the Thunder with me, but that's okay. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm still, I'm still when, there with the Thunder I, though. They're, they're four. When they're four. Listen, when our Oklahoma City Thunder are the four seed, I'm gonna be real happy. I'm gonna have a smile on my face. It's gonna be great. When in 2025? No, right now. Oh, oh, right now. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They are currently the four seed. <laughs> it's, oh, okay. I'm, I'm banged out, baby. Let's ride. Okay. No, uh, that, I think they're gonna be fun. Okay, cool. Uh, that, I, I like that. I still haven't really picked a West. It's so hard to not pick the Nuggets. Um, I'm telling you, dude, uh, they're so well rounded. Me being a LeBron James homer, I, I'd like to pick the Lakers, but I feel like, you know, there was a stat. There was a stat, and it just shows me what I think the Lakers are going to be like once again. And it's the same story of LeBron James's entire mm-hmm. career. Mm-hmm. It was against. It was in the Warriors game. In 29 LeBron James minutes, the Lakers were plus seven. They're going to win the game, right? Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. in just 19 non-LeBron James minutes. Yeah. 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 Say the number. I'm going with this. Say the number. I forgot it off the top of my head, but I want to say it was negative 12. How much did they lose by to the Warriors? I forgot it off the top of my head. Hold on. Hold on. Hold quick. on. Why did they not a lot. the last game? They lost by four. They lost by four. So yeah, it is. It was minus twelve. Nineteen non-LeBron non-LeBron James minutes. So that tells me LeBron, at the age of fifty-five, is once again going to have to carry the entire team, unless Anthony Davis decides (laughs) to show up. Which is he? Is he? LeBron's the oldest player in the league, by the way. Um, That I don't. (laughs) That's not a knock on LeBron. He just is. Like that's not me saying he's going to be worse or better. He just is the worst player. Not worse. The oldest player in the league. The worst player in the league, LeBron James. Known, known worst player in the league, LeBron. No, he's the oldest player in the league. Like he just is. So like, brothers. There's gonna be, there's gonna be, <laughs> tiredness and minute restrictions, and I don't like the Lakers for that at all. No minute restrictions. He's already broken, by the way. Like, yeah, he's supposed. To play I think it's like an overall. Game. It's like you know how they say like don't have over like X amount of calories in a day, but it's really like over a couple days because it doesn't just like hit you like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like that. They're like, if I play 48 today, I'll just play like 46 tomorrow. Because <laughs> their restriction is not real. It's still a lot. He's going to play every minute of every game. It's so sad. It's, it's unfortunate. It's, it's so sad. It's so, so sad. Uh, but those are, those are our predictions for the NBA. Um, we'll hold ourselves to it. We'll hold ourselves to it. I think that the Celtics actually win it all, if that's the matchup. And I will be very upset with myself when I'm right. It's, uh, so, as a Knicks pain, fan, it's, suffering, it's, sadness. Yeah, it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but it's very unfortunate. We also suck. Send Julius Randle to the moon, please. And thank you, thank you. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> uh, before I get mad talking about them, let's go quickly to the MLB real quick. Um, I don't know if Brooke has that ready on on the tabs, but we'll go to the MLB. The World <laughs> Series is going on. Really fast, and the Rangers are up two to one. Game four is tonight. We have a couple of Yankee legends starting, and I use legends in all lowercase and really small font because Andrew Heaney and Joe Mantiply are starting game four. Uh, just listen, nobody. I, it's just disgusting. Don't don't tell me anything good about the Heen dog. I don't want to hear it. No, Not- I don't. Know. I don't think I said this live during the podcast last week, but I know I said it to you. Where <laughs> were you when Andrew Heaney pitched a gem against the Red Sox for the Yankees in 2021? Where were you when that happened? You know where I was? I was on my couch. I was watching Heen dog bump day in action. Bump day. It was Heen real. Dog it- bump day, and that's what exactly. we got today. <laughs> we That's got, what we got today. bump day the legend and you know what the legend with leg and caps why i don't know <laughs> it is leg just leg one it all lowercase the legend andrew heaney exactly he's so he's so he's so legendary yeah i mean that's the worst pitching matchup i've maybe ever seen in the history of the World Series, <laughs> at least that I remember. Like, I've never seen anything worse than this. Joe Mantiply has had a pretty meh season. He is an all-star, though. One-time all-star. Love that for him. Um, he did get the pity all-star vote. Last year, two years ago, when the Diamondbacks lost 100 games. So, makes sense. <laughs> the series has been pretty fun so far, though. Uh, 
Dimeback steal game two. They kind of dominated them in game two. Game one with a walk-off Adelise. Adelise and Corey Seager just looking like every part of the superstars they are. Corey Seager has two home runs. He won game three with a home run. Granted, it was earlier in the game, but that two-run home run uh, was the difference. That was last scoring for the Rangers. Won the winning three to one. And I just find a hard way to see this series not going seven. I think the Diamondbacks win tonight, and I think they win tomorrow, and I think the Rangers take game six, and then we get a really fun game seven in Texas. And that just sounds fun. Game seven baseball, man. Give me some of that. Home runs win games, ladies and gentlemen. There's been a ton of home runs hit just in this series alone. And you know what? It's entertaining. It is very entertaining. I, um... I'll be honest, I haven't watched a lot of it, but every, every time I get a notification from MLB on my phone, I'm like, holy hell, what happened? What happened this time? What happened this time? And it's just, it's been a really, really fun series to watch. I, um, you know, I'm thinking the Texas Rangers, the, the Rangers might go up 3-1 today. Oh, Heem Dog Bump Day, baby. Heem Dog Bump Day with a W. Heem Dog Bump Day. I'm not overly mad at it. <laughs> I think the biggest like X factor remaining in this series that we haven't really seen do anything is Christian Walker. Christian Walker, 30 home runs this year has been booty cheeks tough in the playoffs. Like, like, like bad, like not good. So um, I don't like that from him and I want him to do better. So I'm going to, I'm going to look at you straight in the face, Christian Walker, shake your hand and I slap you with the other hand. Say, do better, man. Do better. Um, I've also been informed by our producer that we forgot something pivotal. You guys did. We got a cool new thing going on in the NBA, and you failed to talk about it. We did fail. It's, and it's, it's embarrassing. So okay, I'm so going to shake your hand, and I'm going to take the other <laughs> hand and slap you with it, because we are talking about the NBA play-in tournament courts. We got new quirky courts all around, and you guys are going to talk about it. So go ahead. Brother described them as quirky, and I'm supposed to believe this is pivotal. You used that word. <laughs> it's this is uh. this is absolutely outrageous. Uh, the NBA does have the midseason tournament. I I don't really. I we've talked about it in the past on this on this pod, and I still don't fully understand it. I know the wins go towards regular season. The courts are connected to the City Connect uniform, so if you see a team that their colors don't make any sense, it's because Nike's brain dead and decides to put on new uniforms every single year instead of just find a good one and keep it, and then if one was bad, cycle through it. it it's not a hard concept, Nike. Like, please get it through your head. You do it with the Oregon Ducks. Why can't you do it with the NBA? Crazy. So everybody gets a new court. BK's scrolling through them, as you guys can see. Uh, some of them are cool. Some of them are really bad. We're going to talk about our favorite ones. I'm going to start. I think the Utah Jazz court is awesome. It's the only court that they go like retro in their colors. And it looks really nice. I like the purples. I like that it's two purples. And it's not the purple and the blue. Because if it was that, it would just be way too much. It's their 50th anniversary. And I love this because they use this one year after rebranding to the super plain boring modern black yellow whatever uniforms they use now it stink they're horrible and they're boring yeah. 
They look like a they look like a low D one school that didn't have a lot of budget and couldn't afford like a guy to design a jersey. Sort of like Utah. What's your team name? Jazz. Slap it on there, baby. <laughs> they're they're really boring. But this, sorry about hitting the mic. This really just, cool. Just I like in the face. It's fine. Boom. I like these purples a lot. <laughs> I think the court's really cool. And um, yeah, I don't really like any of the other ones besides like maybe like the magic. Yeah, um, if Mr. Mr. Producer could uh, go back down, actually, um, I am an enjoyer of the Toronto Raptors. I think the all black with a little gray and then the gold is just going to all of it's going to pop. Um, and you got to think Drake will be at one of these games when this court is being used just because <laughs> it literally is OVO colors as well. Um, mm-hmm. Not that that matters, but I just think this court is going to look really, really cool. Black and gold. You can never go wrong with it quite literally ever i mean look at the saints look at um i don't watch hockey what's uh there's there's definitely gold knights raining champs thank you raining champs (laughs) thank you um but yeah black and gold is just always always really cool um i think this this court's gonna be fun to look at yeah i i think it looks good i don't love the logo in the middle but like it's it's it's, it's, could be worse could be better it is one of those while we're still on the topic, I think we agreed on our biggest fumble of all this, and that is the Miami Heat not using all their cool colors that they have, like the light blue, the black, the red. And instead, we just get, well... They could have gone, like, Miami Vice. Exactly. They, they could have <laughs> used, like, orange and red or orange and yellow or, like, inverse them. They could just use orange and black. Orange and black would have been cool. They used, like, the worst of their, like, 16 colors in the gray. Uh, it's not great. Biggest fumble. It's, it, it's definitely the biggest fumble out of potential. Um, the worst court, though, like the actual worst court, is the Pelicans. I don't care what you guys say. <laughs> I know it's Mardi Gras. I don't care. It looks like a witch's costume. It's horrible. This purple stinks. This green stinks. It looks like a really like you know the old Hulk colors. Yes. Yeah. yeah yes. You know what's the worst Marvel movie? Hulk. Oh man. By a mile. Oh, it's man. horrible. It stinks. And so does this court. You this know, court is the reason Zion got big. <laughs> He's like, I'm not playing basketball. Went eight. That's a ridiculous quote. Like, you know, <laughs> it's a little so, outrageous. So I think my <laughs> least favorite one. <laughs> um, I also I think if you scroll back up, maybe like three or four. Um, it was the oh yeah, there it is, the Wisconsin one right there. That I, I say the Wisconsin one, not even the Bucks one, but the the Wisconsin one. I don't know. It just feels so plain. And then here's a stripe of color and something about the the you don't like the Cream City. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not, team, you're not cream team. I'm not, I'm not a cream city truther. You're not a cream team guy. I'm not a cream no, team no, guy. I'm not a cream. Team. Oh, that's embarrassing. No. So sad. <laughs> something about like, the, the bucks just with, with in Wisconsin in the middle, something about it. It just looks old. Something about this court looks 1960s. And I don't know. It's just so boring and odd. I just, I hate it. I wish they would have done more. You know, you have a whole it, The stripe should have been blue. Why is it green like that? Why is it mint that green? Too. That too. It just, just the fact that you mint have a whole green? buck as your logo. You could have done something so cool. Like, oh, just. Yeah. Eh. Stinky. stinky. Also, like, it's a really small thing, but they're, I think the only team that I've seen with the, the name of the court twice on the top instead of like staggered. So it's just one big dot com dot com and why is it so big 
it's gigantic. <laughs> uh, the yeah, Denver does it also. But at least there's it a looks couple. Cool Denver's is Denver's. like a script font. Yeah, it's not yeah. bad. The ball arena, and it's two of them. Two ball arena. Okay, but oh, see, yeah. Boston's isn't as obnoxious. Like I feel like that dot com is huge. And TD Garden's <laughs> pretty bad. The TD Garden one's pretty bad. I ain't gonna lie to you. State Farm Arena. You know, I'm a I'm a light blue enjoyer. Those aren't their colors. Why is <laughs> why is it light blue? What is that font? Lift as we fly in Times New Roman, all lowercase is crazy. <laughs> yeah, Yo, get these out of my face. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I'm getting what's mad. next? What's next? Yo, uh, um, we do have the trade deadline. I know we're kind of running on time here, but um, Chase Young traded to the 49ers insane for a third round pick he is on a contract year so it could just be a third round pick for a rental which is pretty expensive but chase young is really good and the niners lost three straight they kind of had to make a move because seattle's playing good ball right now and they can't lose the division to geno smith that can't happen that cannot happen with maybe the best roster top to bottom i've ever seen um what else has even happened Montez Sweat to the to the Bears. That doesn't move any needle at all. No. Shout out to the Commanders, though. They're just selling. They realize they're not that good. It is what it is. I'm sorry about that, boys. You lost twice to the Eagles. That's tough. You expected it. They lost to the Giants. They lost to Tyrod Taylor, which before this podcast, you told me somehow, <laughs> some way. I don't even know if it's real. If it was a ball oh, sack sports tweet, then I'm, you got us. Tyrod is the first black quarterback to ever win a game for the New York football giants. That is horrible. <laughs> that is so abysmal. I make the, um, I make the, like the Patriots. Bill Belichick refuses to get like a black guy QB jokes all the time. Cause it's fun. Uh, because it's, you know, Boston, right? Um, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is this is significantly worse, and um, <laughs> I almost wish it didn't happen because then I wouldn't have known that it didn't happen before. Like this wasn't like a narrative, but now that I know it's a narrative, now I have oh, to it's... push the Giants are racist, and I, I didn't wow. want to do that today. Wow. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do that. Listen, we we let Geno Smith end Eli Manning's start streak, man. We're we're progressive. <laughs> we're progressive. <laughs> Progressive is the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. Hey, <laughs> Dios. Yeah, it's been a really boring deadline. Like, actually, really boring. Derrick Henry's probably not getting traded. Um, Daniel Hunter's not getting traded. T. Higgins is probably not getting traded. That's like five minutes from now. And I don't well, think any of the trades have happened. The Bengals are actually pretty good, man. Yeah, but T. Higgins is on a contract year. And, like, he's, like, not that much better than, like, Tyler Boyd and, like, their offense, at least. Your uh, Minnesota Vikings are getting this handsome guy right here. So Yeah, alopecia <laughs> warrior Josh Dobbs is, in fact, coming in because uh, we didn't talk about it, but Kirk Cousins out for the year. Vikings won uh, four of the last five games with their only loss coming to the Chiefs and a tough one. Probably should have won that game, too. You know, Kirk Cousins have been balling, I promise you. And it's a weird sentence. It's a weird sentence. But if the Vikings would have ended up with 10, 11 wins, which at the rate that they were playing, and with how the rest of their, con- their uh, not contract, their um, schedule looks, even, even with Josh Dobbs as potentially being a starter, um, if they would have ended up 11 wins, Kirk Cousins would have been at least a top three MVP candidate. 
because he's been playing that well. And so it's very, it's, it's tough. Kirk finally starting to get some respect. He balls out on a Monday night. The Vikings offense looks really, really good without Justin Jefferson. And, and, and he goes down, he's out for the year. It's probably his last snap as a Viking. I'm yeah. sad. As uh, as the founder, CEO, general manager, and director of operations of the Kirk Cousins is top ten uh, fan club, which I have been the founder, director, GM. Op- okay, I'm not saying it all again. For the past like <laughs> two years, three years now, I'm deeply saddened. By, it's uh, sad by this injury. It's definitely sad. And um, there was a video because Kirk's probably the most boring guy in sports. If we're gonna be real, it's he's he's like top five in boringness in terms of just like him as a guy, his day-to-day life and all that. But he was getting carted off the field and he like looks up and we got a first down or like we got a, it, it was, we punted, uh, but we got like a stop on third. He was like, yeah. <laughs> as he's like getting carted off the field. I'm like, oh, I'm going to miss this guy. Like he was never like a Mahomes, but he like really wanted to win. And he like did everything he could and he gave it his all. And if he's never playing another snap for the Vikings again, I'll be very sad and I will miss him deeply and cheer for him wherever he goes, unless it's the Green Bay Packers, <laughs> in which I will be very, very sad. Kirk Cousins on pain meds, call him Perk Cousins. Exactly. He will be Perk Cousins for the next <laughs> six to 12 weeks. <laughs> he just, he simply will be, um, which is a good thing because the Vikings traded Ezra Cleveland, one of their better guards, one of the better guards in the league. I still think he sucks. I don't care what PFP or PFF tells you. Uh, this guy's not that good. In games that matter and a run creation, he's pretty horrible. Um, but he's going through the Jags. So Trevor Lawrence gets some allegedly air quotes help. Um, but shout out to the Vikings trading him after Kirk gets hit. They're like, you know what? You didn't help him enough. He got sacked and got hurt. To the Wolves. You know, to the Jags. It's just, it's just interesting. You know, the Vikings are like, okay, Kirk Cousins is out. Let's get Josh Dobbs to, you know, just put a band-aid on the quarterback position, but at the same time, yeah, we, we probably know we're done. So let's trade one of our starting linemen. It's just interesting it strategy weird. here. It was, I don't was, understand it at it all. Was very, it, was, it was actually very strange. Um, I'm not really sure. And I'm, I'm curious to see how Dobbs will do. I mean, he's not like that good, but also like the Cardinals have negative weapons offensively. So maybe he'll yeah. be good. Like the Cardinals have pretty bad receivers, pretty bad running backs when James Connors hurt. Now he'll go from whoever was over there to Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, and, and KJ Osborne. It's pretty fun. Like I don't want to talk about the running backs, so they stink, but pretty fun. Yeah, and you and know, there's uh oh, go ahead, finish up. I was gonna say there's like no other trades, I'm pretty sure. Well, I was gonna say, like, there's well, has that, that Eagles trade happened between last episode and now, right? So they have Kevin Byard. Or did we already talk about that last episode? We did or... not. Kevin Kevin Byard is on the Eagles. That so happened on the, the 23rd. So um, I'd say. Yeah. Um, um, you know, here's the thing, though. You know, there's there's no big Christian McCaffrey move. Like, there's yeah. no no huge, crazy star moving. Um, But I think a lot of the teams that um are selling – Example, my New York Giants, and I talked to you about this before we started. Uh, we're getting, I think guys are getting a lot of good value here. Think about it. Leonard Williams, he's nowhere near a top uh, defensive lineman in the league. He's pretty solid, pretty good run stopper. And he's on the last year of his contract. The Giants are getting a second and a fifth out of him. That pretty is crazy. ridiculous value. I mean, Chase Young just got traded 
and he was traded for a fifth, I believe, if I remember off the top third, of my head. A th- third. A thir- oh, a third. Who did I? Oh. No, he got traded for. I'm, I'm so there's, There actually has been a lot of trades. But, I mean, even even considering, con- traded for a third. And Chase Young arguably is arguably better than Leonard Williams, especially in pass rush. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the Giants got a second and a fifth? Yeah. I mean, that's really good value. And even, like, the... The commanders as well, you know, they got a they got a second for sweat, they got a third for um young. So all these teams that are selling, they're getting a lot of value. And I know you don't agree with me because you were talking about how you know these teams are overvaluing picks and whatnot. Whatever, whatever. Teams are made off of second and third round picks. Yeah. So you you stack your your second and third round picks, you make even just one decent selection or good selection a year in those mid rounds, you're going to have a good team in a few years. So I'm happy with, uh, you know, what the giants are doing. That's my team. And, you know, even though the commanders are a rival, you know, they're getting good value as well. So it's, you know, at least we're seeing good possible futures for these teams. Yeah. I, I don't, I know we were talking about it before. I don't hate draft picks in general. I think draft picks are great. Obviously, second, third, fourth round guys are like the guys that you don't hear about, but they're they wind up being the really good linebackers. Um, the rotational DBs that make great plays. Like those are the guys that wind up being like really important for teams, especially because they don't make that much money. Obviously, the NFL doesn't have a real salary cap because it doesn't exist, but it still is there. So you can't just put a bunch of veterans on a team, right? With that being said, like drafting a guy like Chase Young, I don't remember if he was second or third in the draft, but he was second or third overall pick. You get him. He never lives up fully to that second or third expectation, despite him being an above average lineman and, and pretty good. He's never that good. He deals with injury stuff, deal with all of that, obviously. And just four years later, you get rid of him for a third. That feels like you're walking backwards because you're not taking advantage of when guys have value because you think you can win when clearly your roster wasn't built to win. So you're like, oh, let's win with Taylor Heineke for two seasons. Oh, wow, that didn't work. Shocked Pikachu <laughs> face. Oh, no, now we're on our third guy. Sam Howell doesn't look like he's that great either. Oh, no. We've we've all known this. And obviously, you're a GM. You don't want to think your team sucks right away every time they're not the, the Chiefs. But seeing guys and evaluating what they're worth and taking advantage of what they're worth when they're worth something is an important part of a GM. And teams like the Commanders, Teams like typically the Giants, I know they are under the new regime, but typically the Giants, even Minnesota with their trades today, they don't do a good job with that. The teams that do, the Eagles. Why? They're like, hey, here's a third, fourth round pick for Byer or Bird. I don't even know how you say his last name. Because yeah, he's one of the older, yeah, he's one of the older DBs in the league, but we have a team that can win now. And we have a little bit of an issue in the secondary. So let's improve that secondary instead of give up and hope that this third-round pick this year is even a guy in the secondary, and then he's even able to get starting minutes because that doesn't even happen for most of the league. So it's convoluted, but I don't like picks because most of them don't work out, and we don't know how to draft because most of the NFL stinks. It's a it's a big loop that Brooks heard me say a million times. I think most guys in the NFL are not good at their positions. Well, well-winded, long-winded, but. Well, with that all being said, also, yeah. uh, the trade deadline window has closed. The last two recent trades that I've seen are Donovan Peoples Jones is going to Detroit. Brother and... is schlepped. <laughs> Brother is schlepped. Uh, the Bills go ahead and get them uh, a DB, Russell Douglas from the Packers. 
Okay, that's valid. That's 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 actually good. Russell Douglas is good. Yeah, I will not sleep on that. Russell Douglas is good. Yep. Other okay. than that, I haven't seen much. If anything comes in after, uh, check out. Yeah, sometimes sometimes it spills over. Yeah. Check out at Spectators Media on X, and you'll be up to date. True. True. I like that. Russell Douglas is good. He makes the Bills better. That that's a, that's a real thing. He does make them better. Oh, random uh, trade. Absolutely no one's going to care or talk about unless literally something happens. Um, the Dolphins got faster. They traded for Chase Claypool. So, you know, they just added <laughs> they just added another fast guy. No, it's just funny because, you know, there's all these talks about, oh, the Dolphins are running a track meet. And they're like, okay, yeah, let's get another one. Let's get let's get another one that could just be on this. Uh, on this, to be uh, to be completely game. fair, he makes the most sense in the Dolphins because no, he won't be good. No, he's not going to make plays, or at least more than like five of them. But you know what he will do? He'll go out onto that practice field and they'll tell him, "Hey, race each other," and he'll maybe get second or third in those races and push <laughs> those guys to get a little bit faster. So for that, we thank you, Chase Claypool. For for that, we thank you, Tosh Point Voice. Exactly. Shout out to Daniel Tosh. <laughs> not really. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. He could be a bad guy nowadays, for all we know. He probably is. If, yeah, if I had to guess, I feel like I feel like most of those MTV guys are pretty bad dudes at this point. <laughs> Did we have it's anything just, else on the on the schedule? Absolutely today? not. No. Absolutely not. World Series game four is tonight. Again, leg- legacy Yankee starting pitcher game. Um there's NBA games pretty much every day. The tournament starts on Friday, I believe, Thursday or Friday. So you'll be able to see those courts in live time. If you vomit or get a headache, take a ibuprofen and think of me when you're chugging the water, pushing down an ibuprofen. Be like, yeah, Julian told me about this. Probably pop one beforehand. Um, wear some like nice sunglasses if you're watching like the Knicks game because that orange court will blind you. Oh my. And uh <laughs> I don't even know what else is going on. We got football you know, this week, obviously. You know what's hilarious? Our uh, our good old producer BK wanted us to go thirty minutes this week. BK, wow, BK, what's the number at? We're at the 47? number is at fifty three minutes. But I <laughs> no, listen, listen, listen. I let the dogs loose because it is a NFL trade deadline special, and it was closing at four o'clock. So I let them go, hoping that we would get some news. But Daddy NFL did not give us anything, so that's not on me. That's not on me. That's a that's a great producer right there, truly. And hey, we talked about it a lot today, and I'm happy about it. We talked, we got, we got our predictions out. We got to talk about courts, the lamest yeah. thing ever that we got. No, that was for. a vital part of the show. It was I, pivotal. I our producer again. That was pivotal. pivotal. That was pivotal, <laughs> and I was told to pull this up, and they didn't do it. So we got we got we got to use our browser function. Don't you worry, everybody. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you like and subscribe if you're on YouTube, and make sure you leave some ratings on every other platform if you're listening along with us. Check us out at Spectators Media on X, Instagram, all the nine on TikTok as well. You can check out Ken at underscore twenty four Ken and myself at Julian the Cut Big Brook Visuals on the producing beat. It what it what it what it what. Thank you guys. I will see you guys next week. Love you. Have a good one. Stay safe.